Over the last few weeks, we have been talking about worship. John chapter 4, Jesus telling the woman uh, of Samaria, that woman at the well, that there will come a time when we will not worship God on this mountain in Samaria or in Jerusalem, but we will worship God in spirit and in truth. Because those are the worshipers that God wants, those who worship him in spirit and truth. And that begs the question, what does that mean, spirit and truth? And so it's been my hope uh, over the last few weeks to look at some various aspects of worship that may help us move to understanding and practicing what it is to worship God in spirit and in truth. We looked at Psalm 29 and talked about that we shouldn't trifle in our worship before God. We looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we are to present the whole of us in worship, and that worship is primarily an inner work that has an outward expression. It's hard to worship well if the heart's clogged up. We looked at, talked about um, that in coming to worship, we need to get our relationships right with the people around us. Jesus said, if you are coming to worship, if you are bringing your offering and you remember that there is a strife between you and a brother or sister, you need to leave your gift and go get the relationship right because God's desire for us is that we would love one another. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples and thus to us, he said, as you love one another, the world will know about me. You will be a peculiar people who love one another even though you are sometimes upset with each other. Let's face it, we live in a world today, um, we live in a country today that is incredibly angry, it's hateful. Even among churches and are fighting, often over uh, the state of our politics or the state of our vaccines. And just ought not to be. And God says, it's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, for you to worship me if there's strife among you. And so we talked about the need to get it right with each other. And then last week, we looked at Isaiah 6, where Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up, and he realizes his own sin. And through that, we see that worship is not only a place that we come before God, but it's that place where um, salvation can happen, that re-cleansing. And it's also a place of sending, that when we encounter God, in his glory, in his fullness, and we listen to his word, we are sent. We hear the voice of God, and we raise our hands, and we say, here am I, God. I'll go. I'll go. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. So we wrap it up today in Psalm 27. 
Psalm 27. We're going to talk about this one thing. This one thing that's important, vital. Let me read for you the psalm, and then we're going to focus down on a, one section of it. Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil doers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war raise against me, yes, I will be confident. This one thing I've asked of Yahweh, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of Yahweh all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of Yahweh, to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under his cover of his tent. And he will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. And I will make melody to the Lord, Yahweh. Hear, Yahweh, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Yahweh, I do seek. Hide your, not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O oh, you have been my help, cast me not far off, forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but Yahweh will take me in. Teach me your way, Yahweh. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me when they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of Yahweh in the land of the living. Wait for Yahweh. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait. For Yahweh. This one thing, this one thing I desire that I may dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. As we look at worship, uh, plans and programs for worship are good. They set a place for us to worship. 
The music should lift our souls. The, the prayers should touch our hearts. The word of God should encourage us or convict us even. So the, the plans that we put together and the programs that we put together are good to help us get to that place of worship, but they are not enough. I've been to all sorts of worship services. Some of them have been quiet. Some of them have been incredibly loud. Some have flashing lights and smoke machines. You could feel that bass guitar and those drums. And yet in places like that, as, as exciting and thrilling as it was, um, I felt that the Lord wasn't there. Well, sometimes I felt that he was. Worship in all of its forms can, can be profitable for us to come before the Lord. But first and foremost, key to worship is to be present in his presence. Worship starts out of the soul. It's, it's here where worship starts. If our souls are not moving toward the Lord, it's going to be incredibly more difficult for us to worship well. We need to be present. Have you ever talked to somebody and you're sharing something with them and you look at their face and you realize that they're at Burger King? You know? You're, they're just, they're there, they're looking at you, but they're not present. You know how that makes you feel. You know, why, why am I talking? Why am I wasting breath? You're not listening to me. You're not paying attention. You're not present in this place. It's true with God. We need to be present. We need to be seeking him. We need to have this one thing that the psalmist says, this one thing that I ask, this one thing I seek after, and that is to dwell in the house of Yahweh all the days of my life. And for us as followers of Jesus, the house of Yahweh is not the temple in Jerusalem. It's, it's not the, the worship center at Bethesda and Huron. But the scriptures make it clear that the, that the Lord, the Spirit, dwells within us. We are the temple of God. We need to be present, and we want to dwell with God in, in this place. It's all the days of my life, not just when I get to heaven, but it, it starts now. I 
I had a spiritual director once, and um, we had spent a day in, uh, in God's Word and by ourselves in prayer, and we would get together at the end of that day, and if we wanted to, we could, we could share what, what maybe we, the Spirit told us or taught us or an experience that we had or whatever it happened to be. And, um, I remember I didn't really have anything to say, though my time with, with the Lord I thought was good. And um, she came to me after, after our, our time, and she said, I was praying for you today, Randall. And um, God opened my eyes to something about you. And of course, you know, that opens my eyes and my ears and piques my, you know, interest. And she said, um, you're restless. You just, you won't, you won't settle down. And not in a good sense. You're just, you're just restless. And I've dwelt on that for, oh, I don't know, last 25 years, that I am a restless soul. And it makes me think of um, St. Augustine, those early church fathers, uh, born 354 A.D., um, wrote his Confessions 13-volume set. If you're looking for something to do, if you want to get your alphabet cards with the library, try, you know, read through Augustine's Confessions. But he says, Augustine writes, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. We don't find our rest just in reading the word or lighting a candle or singing a song. But it's in seeking the Lord and being present. The psalmist says, um, I want to gaze upon the beauty of Yahweh and to inquire as a temple. The psalmist says, I just want to look at you, Lord. I want to look at you. I want to gaze, fix my gaze upon you. That word gaze is translated in other portions of the Old Testament as meditate. I want to think about you. I want to be focused upon you. I want to be focused on your beauty. And uh, what I like about that word is that it also can be translated, I want to look upon your kindness. Your kindness. I just want to be present with you and gaze upon you. That's the one thing I want. And the psalmist knows that if we can do that, 
all these other things will be taken care of. He will hide us. He will conceal us. He will lift us up above our enemies. You know, I am thankful that in uh, my 67 years of life, I can't think, really, of one enemy. Now, I can think of people who are frustrated with me, who were hurt by me, who would rather not see me, who have said cruel things to me, but when it comes to an enemy, somebody who seeks to attack me, um, I really haven't experienced that. And so when I think of God saying, or the psalmist saying, um, I'm not worried about my evildoers that eat up my flesh, the enemy that does come to my mind is myself. Randall's sin nature, that's my enemy. Those satanic attacks that come from the outside, that's my enemy. And the psalmist says, as I gaze upon the Lord, as I dwell in his presence, I can know that he is my light and my salvation, my stronghold. And those things, those, that guilt that eats me up on the inside can be taken aware of. I don't have to be... Uh, I don't have to be, that doesn't have to be a fight against my soul as I seek the Lord. In verse 8, the psalmist talking to God says, seek my face. And that, that, um, word seek, that verb, is, um, it's in the plural. So God's not talking just to David, the psalmist. He's talking to all of us. He says, hey, seek my face. Come on, seek my face. David responds, my heart says to you, Yahweh, I seek you. I seek you. The psalmist earlier said in Psalm 24, he says, who shall ascend the hill of Yahweh and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean heart, hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessings from Yahweh and the righteousness of the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And in Psalm uh, 105, oh, give thanks to Yahweh, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek Yahweh rejoice. Seek Yahweh and his strength. Seek his peace continually. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. 
you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.